Okay, well, it's a wonderful privilege to welcome so many wonderful speakers to Eden um, and people who actually change things, because an awful lot of people like to talk about stuff and they don't change much. If, if you will humor me, I want to tell you just a number of stories because I get bored with science facts. I rather believe that facts never change anything, it's stories that change things. So let me start with a story. Let's imagine I've got a rusty razor blade in my fingers right now, okay? And you trust me and I'm going to have you in front of me and I'm going to tie you to a chair and I'm going to take my blade and I'm going to slowly cut down your forehead and your nose. This is horrible, isn't it? And I will peel your skin off. And very slowly you will find that you are just muscle. And do you know at what point you will die? Do you? You see, if I'm really good, you won't die of bleeding. If my voice is suitably soothing, you won't die of shock. But by the time your skin is lying in folds from your hips to the ground, that's the time you'll die. Do you know what kills you? It is oxygen. You will die of oxygen poisoning. So imagine just for a moment that skin is the skin of our planet, Earth. That's what we're kind of doing to it. I add to that the notion that so many people in this room possibly believe that they are still alive. They, the people who hold us safe, the people who we know are looking after the better halves of ourselves. But I've got news for you, they died a long, long time ago. And a bit like Wizard of Oz, they are still lit up in our imagination, but they don't exist. They don't exist. So what have we got going forward? I would ask you for a moment to look at the roof. It's a very funny thing to ask you to do. But if you could look at the roof for a moment and imagine in an act of extraordinary magic, your descendants, a hundred years from now, all of them are looking down on you alive and they are given the grant of one or two sentences to share with us, what would they say? What would they ask of us? You see, we at Eden have a very odd thing that people come up to us and they say, wow, you're visionaries. Are we? Is there any single person in this room who aged 12 did not dream of building something like this or a mad Ludwig castle or a fantastic dam. That's what humans do. It is only as we get older that we believe that dreams are put aside, that we should not believe in impossible things, that we should become protective. We should believe the cynics who say things cannot be done. We know so many things are wrong, but we believe that we cannot grab fate and give it a damn good helping hand, don't we? We do believe those things. So when we say we want to build an Eden in every continent of the world, well, yes, we do, but it's not out of a simple act of vanity. Each one of those Edens will speak in a different language. It will be about a different thing. In China, where we've got three projects, none of them is like this. In Dubai, it's really not like this. In Australia, it's unbelievably not like this. But you know the thing we have in common? 
is that we find people, in all of those places, we find people who felt that their dreams had died, and we say, let's do this for the crack. Do it for the crack, do it for us, do it for the sheer pleasure of knowing that we're alive and we are at a time when we can change the shape of history. We ask so little of ourselves. We ask so little of ourselves. You know, when we talk about consumers, do you realize how degrading it is? We have become consumers. We have forgotten that we are citizens. And that is the most proud thing we should be. We are citizens and we should feel that we can shape our destiny. Do you know how sad it is? I felt so pleased when we built Eden and we started to meet all the great and the good, the knobs. They'd come down here and we were so impressed with ourselves. They were coming here. We had Tony Blair and David Cameron. And do you know what they shared? I hate to say this. They all had weak eyes. They wanted to please. They wanted to please so badly that what the media said was more important than what they believed was important. And as a result, we die a thousand betrayals about what we could have become. At Eden, we like to say, give us more time. Um, at Eden, we like to say, give us your poison. Because actually, there's something joyous about taking something that looks fatally flawed and showing that us homo saps are quite clever and you can turn it around and create life. So that's what we're doing. The second story I want to tell you about is David and I, we flew with Indian International to Costa Rica. And we went to see a place that we thought we weren't going to want to work with. And it was splendid. This Danish millionaire had bought 42 farms where the soil had been so degraded they could no longer grow anything. And in the nearby town there were murders because of drought for five months of the year. And this Danish guy said, let's put fences around these 42 farms, 10,000 acres, and we're going to let the birds shit it back into life. And they did. Now, 30 years on, there is this amazing rainforest, and there are four rivers running 365 days a year. Isn't that amazing? And in the local town, we were privileged to go for a moment in which the water rights were, were handed over to the local villagers. And the mayor made a speech I wish the whole planet could have heard. He said, I never expected for us to have a second chance. But if you listen to nature, it can heal. It can heal the soil. And that's the point of all of this, isn't it? It's about healing the soil as a symbolism. President Xi in China has this saying. He says, heal the soil, heal the soul. In China in 2015, 2016, 2017, they've planted more trees each year than in the whole of the rest of the planet put together. And yet we want to hear bad stories all the time, but there's this energy afford, af abroad. We are living at amazing, amazing times. And yet we allow Daily Mail mentality to make us believe that we're going to hell in a handcart. No, we're living at the time of the greatest gamble in humankind, because for the first time as a species, we are connected all over the world. There are no excuses. There is nowhere to hide. And now we have something to prove. The last thing I want to tell you is about the moment I discovered that my cowardice has two parts. My son asked me whether I would join him in climbing the biggest tree on the planet. I'm petrified of heights. 
But I then realized I was more petrified of being thought a coward and not climbing the tree. So I found myself in the Sierra Nevada mountains in a place called Sequoia Crest next to this extraordinary tree. Just believe this for a moment. That tree was bigger through the middle than from here to that palm tree. That palm tree. It was 4,400 years old. And as I climbed the tree, I lie, of course, I did not climb it. I was dragged by some younger men to the, to the top of it. It is an extraordinary thing to be at the top of something so genuinely wonderful and look one way across the Sequoia Park. And you just turn your head by 180 degrees and you see Death Valley. It is the most extraordinary metaphor for the potential or possibilities that face us going forward. But you know what for me was the most extraordinary thing? Was holding this soft bark of this sequoia and realizing my background is as an archeologist. And when you suddenly think for a moment that this tree has outlived, to my knowledge, 37 civilizations that started, peaked, and crashed and burnt. 37. And each one of those would have been full of people like us. And each time we have mucked it up. Doesn't that make you think? Does it not make you think that maybe we need to show just once that the name we gave ourselves, Homo sapiens sapiens, so wise we named ourselves twice, might actually be worth living up to? So, in the, in the face of so many marvelous speakers, I don't want to go on anymore, but I just want people to leave here feeling actually being a cynic is a death sentence. Being hopeful and trusting the better parts of our nature is the only way forward. And I believe that within the generations of all of you, I'm an old fart, I'm 63, but I believe within the next 50 years, we are going to prove that we were worthy of that name. Thank you for listening.